It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live, the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask your questions and give us your prayer requests. As you just heard, the number to call is 303-690-3000. And I am your host for today, Jeff Biggs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. Grab one of those open lines and let's go to the Word of God together. Uh, Let's go to the Lord personally as you call in with your prayer requests. And that's a wonderful blessing about being a Christian. It's we have a personal relationship with the living God that comes through Jesus Christ. And we can go to him and we can give him our requests and supplications. And we are to do that with thanksgiving, as Philippians chapter 4 declares to us. It is the season of thanksgiving. And I want to remind all of us that as Christians, we always have a reason to be thankful. Even during the difficult times and the trials of life, we have Jesus Christ. We have a a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus and we have his promises that are given to us. And so we indeed can be thankful, and we can tell others of the incredible love and grace of Jesus Christ during this holiday season that is coming up, and I pray that we would do that as the Lord leads us. Um, I do want to let you know there is a text line, and that number is 720-336-0897, and send me a text and Uh, with a question or prayer request, and we'll take a look at that uh, as we have time in the show. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners all along the Front Range here in Colorado from Pueblo up up into southern Wyoming. Would love to hear from you today on today's program. Uh, Love to hear from you guys in Wyoming. Was up in your state yesterday. What a beautiful state do you have. I was up at the Miracle Mile And uh, it seemed like yesterday was such a clear day. You could see for uh, over 100 miles in all directions. And it was just a wonderful time. So I'd love to hear from you guys in the Cheyenne and Laramie area and in between. Uh, I love to be able to listen and receive you guys from the East Coast on the Hope FM radio network uh, in Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey. Give us a call even though you're a week delayed. Uh, you get to call in at this time and be able to ask questions and give prayer requests. I always love to hear from you guys on the East Coast. I'm so glad that you can join us here for Calvary Live and the online listeners as well. You can give us a call. There are online listeners listening across uh, the land here, the, uh, the nation, and we'd love to hear from you as well. 303-690-3000 is the number to call to be live on the show and to be able to converse about the things of the Lord and answer your questions and to pray with you as well. Quick announcement for you in the Greeley area that it is the week for uh, Operation Christmas Child, a wonderful ministry out of Samaritan's Purse, and for years we have been the church that collects the shoeboxes. So be sure to get online or on our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com uh, to bring in your shoeboxes. And uh, we'll actually be here tonight from 5 to 8 o'clock receiving shoeboxes and then the rest of the week till Monday the 20th. And so uh, looking forward to seeing you and being a part of that ministry of Operation Christmas Child. Um, I do want to go to the phone lines. Let's go to Lynn in Aurora. 
How are you? Lynn? I'm good. How are you, Lynn? I'm, I'm blessed. Thank you. Good. What can we do for you? Yes, I am asking for prayer. I've had this um, pain in my in my right wrist for a couple of months, and so I'm just um, believing God for total restoration. Mm-hmm. And then my Absolutely. other prayer request is that I um, am looking into getting to into a sorority, and I'm just praying for um, favor. Okay. Absolutely, we'd love to pray with you about that. And Father, I do pray for Lynn. Um, I pray that you would um, just bring healing to her. She's got a pain in her wrist. You care about everything in our lives and the pain that may come. Um, I pray that you minister to her, that you bring that healing to her, uh, touch her wrist. That um, It's amazing when we have a part of the body that hurts. Uh, we don't realize how much we use it and every little movement and the pain is there. So Take the pain away, bring healing to her. And also, Lord, she's looking at going into a sorority um, that wherever that's at, that um, she would get accepted and she would be accepted so she could be a light, uh, that she can give a testimony of Jesus Christ to others. And Lord, if that's the place for her to be, if that's your will, that you would open up the door and uh, she truly would be a light in that place and and that she would share the love of Jesus Christ with others. So Lord, I just... Lift Lynn up to you. I pray that you would show yourself strong on her behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. You are welcome, Lynn. God bless you. Thank you for calling. You too. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. 303-690-3000. And if you got any prayer requests, and I know that many of you that are out there, you have prayer requests, and God cares about I believe that even what we might think the little details of our lives, if we have a wrist that's hurting, if we have a cold, uh, if we have a more serious sickness, that you can call in and ask for prayer. We'll be uh, very much blessed to be able to pray with you and minister to you in that way. Well, how this works, as you know, that as someone hangs up, there's an open line. And so give me a call. Grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. And you can be live on the show, and we'll talk about the things of the Lord and pray for you as those prayer needs come up. But let's go to Vi- Violetta. Violetta? In yes. Denver. Did I say that right? Yes, you said it right. How are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing good. You got a question for me? Yes. I just wanted to know about uh, Isaiah. Chapter 40 about, um, what is that? I, I mean, um, I, I don't under, can you, can you like break it? Can you like tell me what that is, what that, what that is written about or what is that considered to be? Um, well, because I, yeah. I have a hard the, time reading it. Yeah. In Isaiah chapter 40, it's, um, what happens is Isaiah is really broken into two sections. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah uh, talks a lot about how the Lord uh, was dealing with Judah, Jerusalem, the house of Israel, um, how he was calling them into repentance. When you get into chapter 40 to the end of the book, what you see is the Lord really begins to um, minister his grace and love to them. And in chapter 40, that begins that section. So what we see is in Isaiah chapter 40, and we don't have time to go into it all because 
uh, I think if I remember looking at it, yeah, it's a fairly long chapter, 31 verses. But he begins uh, the Lord to bring comfort and strength uh, to his people. And it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful section of uh, scripture that is given. Uh, so it there. just talks about. So it just talks about Judith and uh, and well, who else you said? Yeah, yeah it, it's talking about God's people and um, oh, the there's Israel's a prop- or the yeah, yeah, there is, and there's a lot to chapter forty. Like in verse three, there's a prophecy: the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Does that remind you of anything? What that is is a prophecy concerning John the Baptist that would come on the scene. And uh, we know that um, he uh, would say, I'm the one that Isaiah spoke of, uh, one crying in the wilderness, the forerunner of Jesus Christ. What you have there is just these wonderful promises that the Lord gives, that the word of our God stands forever. Um, The Lord's going to come with a strong hand. He comes with his reward. Um, Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or... Who is his counselor? And he just is speaking to his people. And it's just a very wonderful, wonderful chapter that it is. So um, you can go through it. We're going through the book of Isaiah on Wednesday nights. And there's so much there. It's one of the most incredible books, I think, in all of the Bible. And, um, you know, there's there's an invitation to behold your God. Um, there's an exhortation to be return to the Lord, um, to behold the good shepherd in it just goes on and on and on, just wonderful verses to his people to no, bring them comfort. Okay, and then there's and, another verse on Matthew. I mean, I hope I, I'll be able to, to ask you this one. Okay. What is the, Matthew, the, uh, the salt and the light? Is that What is that re- retaining of? Well, that's a good question, and Jesus wants us to be salt and light. And Jesus would say that... You are the light of the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He came to bring light to the darkness of this world. And you and I as Christians, as we receive Jesus into our hearts, we too are the light of the world. We too have the light of Jesus Christ in us. And Jesus said, you don't put a lamp, a light, under the bed. You put it up on a table to where it can shine. So you are to be a light to the people around us and around you, and we all are to be a light around the people uh, that are linked to us in our lives, because there is a lot of darkness that is out there. Um, but mm-hmm. actually, um, we also know uh, that um, salt was used uh, for different purposes, to be a salt. Um, do you ever put salt on food? Mm-hmm. It tastes better. So what we're to do is be salt that um, people, you know, they see how we live for Christ. Um, we reflect Christ, give the light of Christ, that they would want that. They, it, it, it is to, you know, I, I want to taste that. I want to be a part of that. Uh, salt was used as a preservative to keep um, from infection from spreading. We are to be salt. I didn't think and, of that, you know. Yeah, I mean, that those kind kinds of things. Me to understand that would. Yeah. But, but here's the thing, Violetta, is that as you study the scriptures, these things are going to be answered to you. You know, things are going to start coming together. So what I would do is continue studying the Bible. Make sure that you're in a, a church that is teaching the Bible. Uh, that's one of the things that I love about Calvary Chapel is they go through the scriptures chapter by chapter and verse by verse. 
So you got a chance to go through the book of Isaiah, just as we are doing on Wednesday night. Uh, You get to go through the book of Matthew and you get to understand these things. So keep studying. There's a lot of good resources out there. Grace FM is a great radio station for you to listen to. But you're going to understand these things as, you know, you're asking good questions. And um, they're going to be answered more and more. uh, Grace FM, so. Good. Do you belong to a, let me ask you this. Do you belong to a church? Um, Are you going to church? Not right. Not in? at this point. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for a church. Okay. This is, I strongly encourage you to belong to a church, to, to be in fellowship where you can continue to grow in God's Word and be taught the Word of God. A good Bible-believing church, you're in the Denver area, there's Calvary Denver, there's there's other great uh, churches and that are there. And where is that at? I'm not sure. What you can do is, and I don't have all the resources, but uh, they may be able to tell you uh, when we get done with our conversation, or you can get online and just type in Calvary Denver, and um, and they have recommendations for you as well. But make sure that it's a good, strong Bible teaching church so you can continue to grow in the Lord. All right. All right. Well, thank you. You bet, Violetta. You have a great day. Keep studying the Bible. Be in fellowship, all right? All right. Thank you, Pastor. Okay. God bless you. Very important for us to continue studying the Word of God. And as you do, these things start coming together. And she's asking good questions. And I can tell she's just learning the Bible. And she's asking these good questions. And um, those are things that, uh, as we go through the Scriptures, will be answered. And as... You continue in Bible study. So be in fellowship in a good Bible-believing church. Let's go to David in Greeley. David? Yes. How are you? I got, all right. I got a question about John the Baptist. Right. And we're studying Luke, and it implies that he was a, a uh, Nazarite from the womb. Um, I believe that, let's see, John's birth announcement... Um, in chapter one, right? I think and, so. I don't have yeah. a Bible before me. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and um, it talks about you know that they're going to have a child. Right. And let's see if I can so, pull this up. Real quick. Yeah, it says something about abstaining from alcohol in one way or yeah, another. Yeah, and that. Yeah. Okay. Here it is in verse 15 concerning you'll have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth speaking of john the baptist he'll be great in the sight of the lord shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he also will be filled with the holy spirit even from his mother's womb so we know um, that uh, that points to um, the nazarite vow they were not to drink uh, uh, alcohol right and um, and so he was also though from a priestly line and um, so uh, that was a part of it because his father was a priest. Okay. So, so that may be the other part of it, but I'm just kind of checking on some of my notes because we're going through it right now. No. Um, but we're at the end. So we've been in the book of Luke for over a year. And um, so um, it's probably what I have is a reference to the Nazarite vow found in Numbers chapter 6, so very well okay. could be. Right, so I, I looked at number 6, and yeah. 
it gave the line to abstain from alcohol and you don't cut your hair and you, you don't right. you don't touch dead animals or anything dead. Right. So my question right. is, if that's the case, why why did he wear camel hair and gird himself with a leather belt? Well, you know, I don't know if that constitutes wearing camel skin because most of, you know, I would assume the clothing came from skins of animals back then. You know, there's robes and things like that, I guess, made of cotton um, that they would wear in uh, linen. But um, I don't know if that would constitute breaking that Nazarite vow. They were not to touch dead animals. Um, they were not to take of wine. I don't think they were even to touch grapes. Is there somebody else that you can think of in the Old Testament that had that Nazarite vow? It, yeah, it was Samson, Samson, right? Yeah, and he, you know, um, he violated all those things. So, exactly. yeah, you know, that's something that's kind of a good observation to, you know, he wore camel skins. Does that constitute touching a dead animal? I don't know. So, um, but uh, probably it is a reference to the Nazarite vow um, mm-hmm. there in, in verse 15. I so, this came into my mind one time. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's that's a great question, and um, I think what what I've looked at um, David is, you know, he's eating grasshoppers, and 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 he he was poor. Is what it it shows me, because those out there, you know, you don't look at a camel and say, man, I'd like to make a skin out of that. Um, it, it just shows how he was poor. He had a very, um, you know, limited diet. And, and yet, the, I think the important thing for John the Baptist is he was such a godly man. And here's the thing that I'd like to focus on with John the Baptist. Not only was he the forerunner, we were just talking about that. Um, uh, Violetta was asking about, you know, Isaiah chapter 40 that gives that prophecy of John the Baptist. But John the Baptist, Jesus said that he was the greatest man born among women, you know, and, and what really intrigues me about that, David is, is that he didn't do any miracles, did he? There's not any miracles recorded of John the Baptist. So if you would have asked me at that time that Jesus made that statement, who was the greatest born among women, I would have said like, um, Elijah or David or somebody like that, but it's John the Baptist. And what made him great was he was simply a voice crying in the wilderness, pointing people to Christ, declaring Christ. And I think that's such an important lesson for you and me, that that's what makes us great in God's eyes, um, is pointing to Christ, declaring Christ, being that voice in the wilderness that's all around us, proclaiming the Lord. And so that's what I like to take away from it. Sure. Okay. That uh, that helps me out a lot with that. So. You bet. You right, bet. And you, good Pastor question. Jeff. You know, good observation, David. And, you know, those are good questions that I, I may not have a great answer to, but I tell you what, you're thinking, and I really like that. And um, as you're going through the Scriptures, continue yeah, to do I, that. I study God's Word, so it's great to do that. It's such a blessing, and it's a yes, blessing it to is. hear that you do that. All right, David, have a great evening. Well, Thanks for calling thank you in. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. We have open lines. And um, so I have a prayer request that just came in. Uh, Renna of Centennial asked for prayer for her younger brother struggling uh, with sobriety. And um, so maybe she'll put it on the text. But 
Um, she was on the line, got cut off. And so I want to pray for her. Uh, Rena uh, called in, Lord. She wanted this prayer request for her brother. You know everything that's going on. So I just pray that you minister to him. Um, just uh, take that desire that he has for any kind of uh, alcohol or whatever the struggle may be away from him. And, Lord, I just pray that you would minister to him and drawing him to yourself, bringing that healing to him. Uh, Lord, just uh, that he would uh, experience your power in a great way because you have the power to free us from things that put us in bondage. And, Lord, I pray that you would do that. And for my sister that called, I thank you that she called in, that she would know that, that we are praying and that you would bless her, give her the wisdom and the courage to be able to minister to her brother and um, in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 303-690-3000. Again, the text line for you to be able to text in a question is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. So delighted to be with you today. And let's go to Dustin in Baltimore. Dustin, how are you? Oh, fine, fine. You? I'm doing good. How are things out there on the East Coast? Uh, they're they're pretty good. It's a little chilly today, but other than that, is the it? Lord's <laughs> we're in we're in that time of the year, aren't we? Yes, we are. We surely are. I can't wait till summertime comes again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a little um, wait, don't we? Right, right. I have a, a question. <clears throat> it's uh, it, it's it says in a couple of times in Samuel. Uh, it says, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Now we know that God doesn't have an evil spirit. Now that he is, it, is that uh, meaning that he let Satan into Saul's uh, his spirit? I mean, I mean his soul or what? Yeah, and you know that's always kind of a puzzle for people when you go into First Samuel and you read about Saul. Uh, for the sake of our listeners, um, we're talking about Saul, the first king of Israel. Uh, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. The nation had asked for a king, um, and the Lord said to Samuel that um, that they haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. They wanted to be like the other nations. But as the Lord permitted it, Saul was anointed the king in chapter 10 of 1 Samuel. And then you see that Saul started out pretty good, didn't he? Um, right. He, start, he started out as saving Jabesh Gilead. Uh, we see that um, he uh, was one that had such potential. But then he began to focus on himself. I think what happened is he began to really uh, begin to... Um, uh, you know, to get self-centered, uh, Dustin, he began to uh, get away from the Lord. We see he offers unlawful uh, sacrifices. Uh, he was one that uh, broke God's law, uh, that only, you know, the priests were to offer sacrifices. He was visited by evil spirits on several occasions. Um, and it says that God sent. I think what happened is God allowed it would be more of a better way of looking at it. He opened himself up to those evil spirits and, and, um, you know, and that's, you know, because Saul, I mean, he did some pretty bad things. What happened was when he began to really pursue David in the wilderness, it says that he looked at David, became jealous and envious of David, and then he wanted David dead. And I think that over, uh, took him in his heart to where 
you know, he's willing to slaughter 85 innocent priests and their families in 1 Samuel chapter 22. He goes then to um, consult a witch, um, you know, and ask her to conjure Samuel up from the dead, a direct violation of God's word. Um, he, he really opened himself up to, you know, this evil spirit that came because of his jealousy, because of his envy, because of his self-focus and his disobedience to the Lord. And uh, so that's what, you know, ended up happening. So I, I look at it that um, he was one that um, really opened himself up to those things as he walked in disobedience. Now the question gets asked, and I'm sure somebody's going to want to ask, was Saul saved? I, I'm not the judge. I'm not the judge Why? of things, but we can't judge his works, and we can't judge the things that he did. And he really struggled against the flesh, and um, right. and so. Well, that's just, um, that's just like what a lot of people would say was Judas actually saved because after he knew that he betrayed Christ, he threw back the thirty pieces of silver and said, "Blood's on my hands," and then he went and killed himself. Now he was part of the twelve apostles. But he did betray him, and of course, the Lord said, "Better if this man was not born I at know, all." Pretty. For, so, in other pretty. words, he wasn't, I guess, not saved. So, yeah, you know, and and that's but, uh, that's the thing with Judas is, you know, those were pretty cold and harsh words from our Lord that he was of the devil, that it'd been yeah. better he'd never been born. So, there's no indication that he was of the you know twelve. Um, that he said, I haven't lost one except for the son of perdition that scripture may be fulfilled, speaking of Judas. But as far as Saul, I think the the main thing is his life was tragic because he chose to live according to the flesh, which caused him so much sorrow. And I think there's such a lesson in there for us and all who are listening that you need to uh, not make the same thing mistake as Saul because it will lead you down road of just destruction and devastation and bondage, um, and it just has such a devastating effect on your life spiritually. And that's what I learned from Saul, somebody who had such potential, but he turned inwardly, he was focused on, focused on himself, um, and he was disobedient to the Lord, and it did not end up good at all. So a good question, though, that you asked. Is a great question. Okay, uh, yeah, could I have a, a prayer request? Absolutely. Uh, my daughter, Alyssa, she's uh, 27, and she has fibromyalgia, and she can't really work but for maybe like an hour or two. So, I mean, and this has been going on since she's been young, and, you know, it's just okay. it's, it's a tragedy, and, and I really pray to the Lord, you know, that he would actually take it away. But, of course, sometimes, you know, when we pray, yeah. sometimes the answer is no, you know. I mean, there's a reason for well, it. But could you, Dust, you know, Dustin, pray, let's for, pray. Her, yeah. for her healing? Let's, absolutely. Let's pray for her before we go to the break. And, Lord, you care about her, and she has— um, uh, a physical uh, disease that um, it, it's it's just where the nerves are so active and she's in a lot of pain, I'm sure. And Lord, we pray that you would heal her. And she's a young lady, that you'd touch her body, take the pain away, that Lord, that you would minister to her, that um, she would uh, be able to, to move forward as a young lady and the things that you have for her. We ask that you bless her in every way, Lord. And I thank you for for Dustin calling in, uh, asking these good questions. Uh, just continue to read the scriptures 
And uh, these things come to mind. And Lord, I pray you bless him and um, that he would look to you, be able to minister to his daughter, and that um, you would show yourself strong on her behalf, bring healing to her, we ask, for your grace and mercy upon her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor, for your uh, insight and whatnot. So God bless you, and I'll call you again sometime. (laughs) I'd love to hear from you, Dustin. Let us know how your daughter's doing, okay? Uh, okay, okay. We're, God bless you. Bye-bye. We're, we're going to go to break. Some of you that are online will be uh, getting to you as soon as we come back in just about 90 seconds. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. I've had a great first half of this show, some great questions. As I mentioned, it's such a blessing to hear people studying the Bible and asking questions and um, they're good questions. And so if you got a Bible question, give me a call at 303-690-3000. And let's talk about the Word of God. Let's go to the Word of God and uh, do the best that we can to to uh, look and see what God's Word has to say. We want to continue to do that in the second half of the show. Um, I do want to make, again, another quick announcement, and then we're going to go to the phone lines, is that uh, we um, are taking shoeboxes here in Greeley for Operation Christmas Child. Go to our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com for the hours that we'll receive the uh, shoeboxes for OCC, and uh, would love to meet you and have you come here. And uh, we're so joyous to be uh, able to be a part of that ministry. We've been doing this here at Calvary Chapel Greeley in the Greeley and Weld County area for years, I believe, for about 15, 17 years, and it's such a joy to do that all the time. So um, it is a tremendous blessing. Also, um, that a week from tomorrow night is Thanksgiving Eve. Can you believe it? Already here. And uh, for you in the Greeley area, we have a Thanksgiving Eve family service, and uh, we we come together. We have worship. I give a Thanksgiving Eve uh, uh, message, and then we have a pie social. And I want to personally invite you out uh, to come and join us for Thanksgiving Eve. And we have lots of pies. If you love pies, uh, people bring pies. I think last year we had close to 70 pies that were here, apple pie and blueberry pie and peach pies and and. Uh, all kinds, any kind of pie that you can think of we have. So we'd love to have you come out, your family join us. 7 o'clock is our Wednesday night service. Uh, This week, tomorrow, we'll be in the book of Isaiah. It's a wonderful study. And uh, if you've never been through Isaiah, it'd be a great study for you to be a part of. We have a place for all the kids and also for youth groups. So calvarychapelgreeley.com is our website. Check it out. But hey, let's get back to the phone lines. Let's go to John and Commerce City. John, you're on Calvary Live. Good afternoon, Pastor Figs. How are you? Um, I am good. I had a question, and it's in John 5, um, verse 4. Okay. And uh, I'll let you read it. I ain't got my Bible in front of me. Yeah, I'll read it to you. It's it's at the time Jesus is, 
in Jerusalem at the time of uh, the feast. It's probably Passover. And there was a pool by the Sheep Gate, uh, Bethesda, having five porches. Um, And actually, John, we've been to that pool. They've excavated it there in Jerusalem. You can go, and you can see where the five pools were. It's absolutely incredible. But in verse 3, in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. And then verse 4, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So do you have a certain question for me? Yeah, my question was, uh, is, do you have any background on, you know, just the angel of stirring up that water? <laughs> what was going on with that? Yeah, that's a good question. And, um, and that gets brought up oftentimes. Uh, was this really an angel that came down and stirred up the water? Um, and then whoever stepped in, um, it seems to indicate the text as you read it, that at a certain time, so there are scholars that believe that perhaps that this took place at the Passover, at the feast, at a certain time during the feast time that um, this would take place. And we do know that there were many people around the pool, right, that I just read to you, a multitude of sick people. They believed that when there was the moving of the water, that whoever was in first was made well of a disease. Um, We um, read that, and we wonder, is it an angel? Uh, There's been different explanations that I've read on it before that said that maybe underneath the pools, it was five pools, that there was a bubbling effect, and whenever that bubbling effect came up, that this was just a legend, that um, that it really, you know, the people just thought they were going to be healed. So there are those who think that because of the bubbling that came up naturally, that there was an angel that was stirring the water. I don't know if, you know, that's a satisfactory answer for me, because oftentimes when miracles happen, that people try to explain it away by some kind of natural thing. Um, so... Um, it could be, when I read the text, just what I read, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring the water was made well whatever disease he had. So when you read it as it is, um, that was something they believed. Was it something that actually took place? According to the text, it seems to indicate that. But I, again, right. there's we wonder what exactly is going on, because... Here's the thing that God did use, you know, uh, unusual uh, healings uh, at different occasions in the Bible. Um, you know, in Second Kings chapter four, some healed by uh, this purified pot of stew. Um, we know that Naaman was healed by washing in the Jordan River in Second Kings. Um, we know that one guy was healed by touching the bones of Elisha in Second Kings chapter thirteen. Uh, some were healed by the shadow of Peter that fell upon them in Acts chapter 5. Remember that? Some were healed yep. by Paul's handkerchiefs in Acts chapter 19. So could this actually be a healing by the stirring of water of an angel? I, I think it could be. So, um, oh, yeah. Th- th- yeah, and it's a good question and good thing to ponder. Um, so that's the best I can do with it. But I do know this, John. You asked a very good question because do you remember the question that Jesus asked that man who had this infirmity for 38 years. Yes. He said, yes. do you want to do you want to be made well? And and the man said, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. Um somebody always steps in front of me. Uh 
He says, I have no man to help me. And Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And the healing took place. I think oftentimes we look to, you know, um, the Lord is saying to us, do you want to be made well? You know, do you, do you want to have that joy and that peace? Do you want to be free from that bondage? Do you want that? And Jesus is the one that's able to work in our lives. And I think a lot of times, you know, whether it's a literal healing, um, and I know that the Lord doesn't heal in every case, but he desires to minister to us in so many ways, and he desires for us to come to him and to pray to him and to ask him. And, um, and that's what I get from this. And oftentimes we think God can't work in our situation. Uh, but he can, and in the way that he chooses. So it's a good question, um, but, you know, Jesus is the one that uh, we look to and turn to. Sometimes Christians look to angels. Sometimes they look to whatever it may be. Uh, we as Christians, we look to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank good you, Pastor. And, uh, and I was just uh, really thinking about it, and I was like, oh, you know, uh, I mean, if all these uh, people with physical deformities, you know, and uh, just trying to get into that pool right when it's being stirred, you know, it, it, it yeah. had to have been quite a, you know, quite a riot. I know. Too, you know, everybody's just poking at each other and trying to get in. I know. So, I mean, exactly. That's gotta, exactly. That had to have been rough. That uh, had to be rough. Exactly, John. I also had a, and, a prayer request. Go ahead. If, uh, you don't mind. No, not just at for, all. Uh, for my daughter that... Uh, that she comes back to the Lord, and you know she she's left, and she's with uh, her boyfriend. They're not married, you know. They uh, okay bought a house, bought a house together, and all that stuff. So just uh, I'd love to that. Uh, yeah, please. Yeah, I would. And Father, as as John, as he is a father, he lifts up his daughter, and we lift her up to you. And Lord, she has the Word of God in her. Um, she has, um, Lord, just, you know her state. And, and so we're praying that she would come back to you, that the things that have been placed in her hearts, that there would be conviction. And, Lord, there would be uh, a desire for her, Lord, uh, to come back and live the way that you want her to, uh, to be blessed by you, to walk in a way pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you would touch her heart, draw her to yourself, do that work in her and through her. Give uh, John, just the wisdom to be able to minister to her. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would just work in such a powerful way um, because you're so gracious, you're so loving. And and I think about that story in Luke, uh, the, the prodigal one who came back, and that's what I pray, uh, that she would come back to you and such forgiveness and mercy. And it was the father that ran to the prodigal and that um, that, that would take place in the days ahead. Uh, she would come back fully to you, um, just desiring to walk with you in every way. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Thanks. Pastor Figs, and uh, you have a great rest of the year, your evening. Thanks, John. Thanks for calling. Real appreciate it. Yep. All right, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Jim in Longmont. Jim? Hey, Pastor Figs, how are you? Good. How are you, Jim? Fine, thank you. Lewis, that uh, is going to a non-denominational church. He's a baby Christian, um, and now he's starting to go because uh, he wants to be fed more. But he's starting to go to the Seventh Day 
Adventist Church. And I'm a little concerned about their theology. Is there anything that you can tell me? Is it on target, or is it something to stay away from? Well, there are some concerns on a seven-day Adventist, um, and some of the things that they teach. It's interesting, um, Dr. Walter Martin, when he wrote years ago, um, The Kingdom of the Colts, I remember reading about the seven-day Adventist, and he didn't put them particularly in the um, in the category of a cult, um, but yet there are others that do that. Um, the The problem is the seven-day Adventist, what I understand is that they have uh, kind of, there's two main groups. One is um, a group that they believe that you have to uh, worship on Saturday, and if you don't, uh, you take the mark of the beast. Those who worship on any other day, they're very, very much uh, particular about um, you know the, the, the worship on the Sabbath day. They have dietary laws of the Old Testament they follow, um, and... Um, that is the main problem with with the seven day Adventists. What I understand is um, there are two main groups of them, and um, the other group isn't quite as as um, as regiment in that um, the seven day Adventists. Uh, they were started by uh, Helen G. White, uh, who. Um, you know, was their leader. She had a vision, um, and uh, she had these visions that weren't right. Um, she predicted wrongly the second coming of Jesus Christ, and um, so there's, you know, that history that is something that they don't like to talk about. So, um, but um, they've had teachings that Satan is the scapegoat, um, you know, just um, different things. Um, um, they seven day Adventists identify Jesus. Some of them as uh, Michael the Archangel. Different things. So there's better churches to go to um, that are really biblically based in this area, um, and I would encourage him to do that. Well, that's very good counsel. I appreciate that. I mean, right off the bat, if there are two and they contradict one another, one of them has to be wrong. Or both, but if they contradict yeah. one another, they can't both be right. Yeah, so and, that would you know, be a warning flag. Well, the the thing is, seven day out of Venice. Um, you know, first of all, just that you have to worship on Saturday. If they want to worship on Saturday, that's fine. But we as Christians are not held to worshiping on the Sabbath. Um, to say that you'll take the mark of the beast. It's really beyond Scripture, and it's not Scripture at all. Uh, matter of fact, there are those who will call up and say, you know, why are Christians meeting on Sunday? And here's the thing, Jim. What is the Sabbath law? I, the Sabbath, you know, I'm not sure. Well, it says that you shall work six days. The seventh day you shall keep it holy, and you shall do no work on the Sabbath day doesn't say anything that you can't worship on the Sabbath. or Oh, that's right. Know. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about worship at all. It's yeah, just you're it, not it's, supposed to work. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. The Jews meet on the Sabbath, so you know to say that we cannot worship any other day, it's just really beyond what the Scriptures is saying. 
Um, and if those who have a conviction to, to keep Saturday and to worship on that day, that's fine. I am more of what Paul says. One man esteems one day above another. Uh, some esteem every day like you'd be convinced in your own mind. And uh, you know me, Jim. I'm one that um, I think every day is a day to worship the Lord and to serve him. But, yeah. you know, the, the seven-day Adventist, you know, to say that if you worship on other times, you know, there's been references where you take the mark of the beast, uh, false prophecies, um, dietary restrictions, all these things, and, and that's where the problem comes in with the seven-day Adventist. Okay? Well, it's legalistic. Yeah, that it's sounds legalistic. sounds like it's very legalistic and and isn't the remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy the only commandment not uh, repeated in the New Testament? Well, yeah, and um, because I know that there are those Christians that like to call in and they like to uh, really kind of argue about that. Um, and here's something, you know, if he he says anything, the Seventh Day Adventist Church that he's going at that says, well, you have to worship on a Sabbath day. You remember that in Acts chapter 15, they had the Jerusalem Council. And here comes Paul and Barnabas and, you know, the guys from Antioch coming up to Jerusalem to meet with Peter and James, the guys there in Jerusalem that have been ministering to the Jewish believers, Paul and Barnabas to the Gentile believers. They're trying to figure out, what do we tell these new Gentile believers? Do they have to be circumcised? And in Acts chapter 15, I think there's something very important there that we need to understand. There was a group of um, of those who were saying, and they were Pharisees, some of the Pharisees in verse 5 of Acts chapter 15, uh, that when Paul and them had come to Jerusalem, they were received by the church, the apostles and the elders, and reported all things that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed rose up, saying, it is necessary to circumcise them and command them to keep the law of Moses. So it was a real a turning point and uh, crossroads for the Christians, for the early church. Was Christianity just going to be another sect of Judaism, that they had to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses? And, and that was the danger of it at that time. So here were the Pharisees, some who got saved after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, saying they have to be circumcised, they have to keep the law of Moses. But as they had that Jerusalem council, they came up with this. They said, what we're going to do is we're going to tell them, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit in us to lay upon you no greater burden than, than these necessary. You abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself in these, you will do well. Nothing about the Sabbath. If the Sabbath was necessary for salvation, why didn't they include that? But they didn't. They said, listen, yeah. staying from sexual immorality, because they were a lot of the Gentiles were coming out paganism, you know, um, keep yourselves from, um, you know, from blood um, and from uh, things strangled, you know, roadkill and, and uh, you know, those things. And, you know, you'll do well if you do these things. And um, so nothing about the Sabbath. That the Sabbath was very important and necessary for salvation, I think they wouldn't include that. Paul comes along Absolutely. and he says to the, yeah. the Colossian believers, and he says to them, to the Colossian believers, let, let no one judge you according to festivals, new moons, and Sabbaths. 
So again, I'm one in Romans that I esteem every day to be alike. And uh, to say that, you know, it really is, um, to me, to, to tell somebody that if you worship and Christians come together um, on a Sunday that you take the mark of the beast, um, that just astounds me. And Wow, and, um, yeah. Yeah. And, well, they're going to be held accountable for that. Well, here, here's the thing. The early church met on the first day of the week, ever since Acts chapter 2. Do you know that? Because it says that continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity, praising God and having favor. They they were ones that continued daily in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. That's what the church is about. So um, anyhow, um, you know, it's it's important for us to take the Scriptures and really to understand what the Scripture says. But Seventh-day Adventists, there's, there's definitely stronger uh, churches. If he's in the Longmont area, you said? No, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, I don't know of any churches in St. Louis, but I would encourage him to go to a very strong biblical teaching church. Ever since I joined your church, I have never, I've never found a better church more accurate in their theology. You have never, well, ever disappointed me. Well, thank, and I, and thank I you. And, <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't teach the Bible perfectly, um, but I am held accountable uh, for what I teach. And um, yeah. so I'm just glad you're blessed, and the Word of God is teaching you and blessing you in every way. So thanks, Jim. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Darby, you were waiting. Sorry you were waiting. I know that you uh, dropped, um, and uh, I got the just uh, you wanted to give some encouragement to me. I appreciate it. Appreciate your prayers. If you get a chance, we got about eight minutes left or so in the show. Love to hear from you. I love it when people uh, just are blessed by the show and blessed by Grace FM. So I'd love to hear from you, Darby. And, uh, or send me an email at pastorjeff at ccgreeley.com, and uh, love to just be able to um, encourage you in any way that I can as well. Well, we do have a few minutes, 303-690-3000. You know, one of the things that um, I just, again, um, want to encourage you in is continue uh, to uh, just study the Scriptures um, and to continue to study God's Word. And it's such a joy to be able to do that. Uh, and that's how we're going to grow. Um, that's how we're going to grow in the Word of God. And, uh, and Lord, I pray that, that you would help those who, um, even as I have a text question that's coming in, for this one who wants to grow in the Word of God. Um, so I pray that uh, you would, Lord, uh, just help us all to grow in that, to grow in your Word. Uh, to be blessed in every way um, as we do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to our text line since we got a few minutes. Um, I'm going to look at this real quick. Um, good question that was asked. There was a question that came in. Hello, I just had a quick question. Does anywhere in the Bible talk about this nation, the United States? If not, why do you think that uh, this nation uh, is not important? It isn't that this nation, the United States, is not important, but it is, and I'm assuming that uh, as you uh, text in this question, that you're asking about 
the United States in biblical prophecy. The United States really is not mentioned in biblical prophecy. Now, there are those who will come along uh, that perhaps you'll hear uh, on different programs or even on different uh, other you know radio stations and Christian stations that have a, a form of replacement theology that the United States replaces Israel or we replace Judah. And so all the prophecies concerning uh, Israel or Judah uh, apply to the United States. Um, I, I don't believe that's true. Um, that's just a different form of replacement theology. But we are not specifically mentioned. There may be a reference in Ezekiel 38 that talks about nations that are protesting this invasion of Gog and Magog in Ezekiel 38. Uh, Saudi Arabia, the, the uh, young lines of Tarshish, uh, which some have pointed out may be a reference to Great Britain, so United States and Canada. It, it really is a vague kind of reference, but really there's not any specific reference that really you can point to to the United States. Sometimes there are those who uh, try to make the United States Babylon. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, as we look at Babylon, actually we're going to be talking about Babylon and the destruction of Babylon in Isaiah chapter 13, here um, in a short time when we get there, we'll be in Isaiah chapter 10, that some say it's speaking of, you know, the United States. Is the United States, you know, symbolic of Babylon? Those are things that are up for debate. But really there's nothing there that speaks specifically about the United States. We see very clearly Israel, which is the epicenter of end-time prophecy. We see that, um, you know, Europe is with uh, the revived Roman Empire, uh, Kings of the East, Russia, uh, some of those other nations, but not the United States. So it's a good question. What does that mean for the United States? It means we better be praying is what it means. And uh, we need to pray for our nation and pray that we would turn back to the Lord and that there would be uh, revival that would take place. Um, I do want to go on. Um, it says that in 1 Timothy chapter 3, that the word says not to be given to wine. That Greek word means not in the vicinity, or am I misinterpreting something? First Timothy chapter 3, um, I believe, is talking about, and I'm going to turn to it real quick, is talking about, uh, for you who, who sent this in, that the qualifications of an overseer, that is a shepherd and um, a pastor, um, that he who is an elder, um, that one of the things that we are told that we are not to be given to wine, um, I take that literally in my own life, and let me read it to you, that uh, they are to be a bishop, overseer, must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine. Now, when it comes to the qualifications of a deacon, it says not given to much wine. But for an overseer, for me, I apply that personally. I'm not given to wine. I don't drink wine. Um, I just stay away from it. Um, that's something that uh, the Lord has put on my heart. We know that Ephesians chapter 5 says, for all of us as believers, we're not to be filled with with wine, which is a dissipation or over, you know, filled with, indulged with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So, um, I just stay away from it in my life. I won't drink of it, and that's what I've chosen to do, and um, and I think that is the qualification 
um, of an elder. Well, thank you for calling in all who have called in, and um, and we're getting towards the end of our show. And I thank you for the good questions for you guys studying the Word of God. I thank you for um, your um, support of Grace FM and Calvary Live, and continue to pray for us. And uh, we see it as a privilege and an honor to be able to serve you and to minister to you at this time during the week, and looking forward to continuing to do that. And so keep calling with your questions. Let people know about the show. And uh, and I pray that as we, again, next week, we'll be in the week of Thanksgiving and then into Christmas, that really that you would have just a blessed, blessed time. Um, and really that the Lord would draw you to himself. And as we talk about goodwill and peace and, and joy to all, you know, uh, those kinds of words being spoken of, that we would be able to explain to others that it is through Jesus Christ um, that those things are found. So, Father, I just pray for everyone who's listening in. I pray that they've been blessed, that everyone would get home safely tonight, that, Lord, that you would move in the lives of everyone who's listening in today, that, Lord, um, that you continue to bless Calvary Live and this radio station in every way. Um, And what a privilege it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. Looking forward to being back on next time when we're together. God bless you and have a great evening. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.